Hi, I'm Armand Olia, and I'm the host of Last Call. This is a Tripod production. Have you ever thought about what makes particular people interesting to you? Why, of all the faces you see and voices you hear every day, these are the ones that stand out most. Well, pull up a seat and have a round with me, your host and temporary bartender, Armand Olia. Welcome to Last Call. Coming down from extremes, who am I supposed to be? Legendary singer Shade once said, I just aspire to pick people up. That's my ambition. Shade's music is something to behold, not just to me, but to my final official interview guest, one you voted to have back, who I was happy to have again because of her career development since the airing of her episode in season one. That is, of course, that of Hannah Kruba. The song you just heard was In Between, which has a very personal significance to me. Her latest single is Out With The Tide, currently available wherever you get your music, including Apple Music, Spotify, and YouTube. As I said in the original episode, Hannah is a certifiable genius with fantastic vision and a keen ear and eye for talent. I got to witness this firsthand, not only when she was live at Concert of the Milk Boy in Philadelphia, but also watching her shoot the music video for In Between, as, for me anyway, a celebration of the debut of this very podcast. Where I started on January 10th is inevitably the perfect place to end. Hannah Krupa, one of the greatest singers I have ever had the pleasure of meeting, with a voice so deep and confident and a style so new and elegant, sat with me in my old apartment in Philadelphia in November. As we sat over a homemade gin and tonic, we got to talking about her music. It's time to hear her melody. To the interview. Cheers. Yeah. I'd enjoy the gin and tonic. It's delicious. Reminds me of my London days. Really? Tell me you more. Tell me well. more. Yeah. Yeah. I was in uh, London. I was living in London last spring and this spring. Oh. Yeah. Collecting some new inspiration. Nice. So that's where you fell in love with the, with the gin and tonic was just through your London trips to London. Yes. Well, yeah, I was living uh, near Hyde Park and I was actually studying a little bit through Drexel there uh, the first year and I fell in love with it and came back, you know, several times after. So I, I hope you find my way back again. I think I might have been to that one. Um, isn't the White House that's uh, like three, that's like three fourths at, you know, in Hyde Park? Not um, too far from, not too far from Albert? Oh uh, yeah. Well, the Royal, um, Royal Albert Hall, Hall yeah. is right on Hyde Park. Yeah. And, um, but also the Natural History Museum. Yeah. All that. My favorite is actually, uh, the Victorian Albert Museum, which is in South Kensington, which I would be there writing music every day in the courtyard. That's totally my favorite place to hang out. And, you know, because you can go there for free and just hang out. And there's all these little kids playing, wearing uniforms. And, yeah, it's just a lovely, lovely, um, lovely museum. Where would you say the inspiration for most of your music comes from? Uh, definitely my travels. And, you know, people have asked me, you know, what's the message of my music? Um, and it's kind of, I think if you listen to the lyrics of my songs, it's kind of taking it. It's kind of my journey, which uh, my new music kind of really reflects my travels over the past 
two years, which I was in, let me see, I started off in Hong Kong, where you have lived, mm-hmm. especially to you. Yeah. Uh, when I was there working alone at a luxury events agency, uh, you know, moved by myself there. It's a really amazing opportunity. And then I was traveled alone to Japan and I went to, I stayed in Tokyo and I traveled to Kyoto and it was snowing and I was alone. I was kind of getting over a heartbreak. And, you know, it's kind of one of those times where it's something might be going difficult in your life, but you're in this amazing place. You have to suck it up and enjoy it regardless. So if you listen, my song Andalusia Maris talks about that a little bit, snowing in Kyoto. And then in that same song, you know, I also talk about, I was in surfing in Biarritz, France. So yeah, to answer your question, where was I, where have I been the past two years? I was in Hong Kong, London, Italy, Japan, France. All over the world. Yeah. So kind of to answer your question, yes, my music reflects my travels a lot and kind of the journey and adventures I've been on basically emotionally and, um, you know, physically. How would you describe music now in general? Uh, you mean genre wise? Or... I mean, how, how would you define it? I don't care about genre. I don't care about that. How would you as an artist define it? Huh. I think it's still, it's definitely still evolving, but you know, I think there's elements for a while. It's kind of, you know, while I'm still finding it, it's definitely a fusion. I'd say of there's jazz. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, singing jazz a little bit. Um, there's soul and, you know, I have influences in that genre. So I think it's kind of, you know, genre-wise, jazz, soul, R&B, and then I love reggae, so there's hints of that in there. It's kind of, uh, yeah, I think a fusion has been a word to describe it, and from the soul, I think that's a way to describe it. Speaking of Andalusian Merit, because you actually brought that up a little earlier, of course, the cover is you mounting the horse. Yes. And that brings us all the way back to the start of your life in New Jersey on your, par- on your parents' horse farm. Yes. Um, we have a... Horse farm in central New Jersey. So I'm definitely a horse girl, which has some good and bad connotations. I think when people hear horse girl, um, yeah, Trust horse me girl, knows. horse girls are crazy, our mom. Okay. No, but in a good way. I think my mom even said this to me lately. She's like, you like horse analogies because I also have another song called No Reins. But Andalusian mares, um, you know, I like a horse, kind of just <laughs> Andalusian views into the lyrics. It's, um, I was inspired by the Andalusian mares in Spain. That's where they're from. But on my, you know, I'm looking out my window and I'm always seeing my horses. So that was kind of a symbol for me. And horses are very special to me. My mom is an equine assistant psychotherapist. So yeah, horses definitely always played a role in my life. I love to ride, you know, yeah. I have a Lipizzan mare actually, not an Andalusian mare. What was it like growing up though on that horse farm? Amazing. I have, you know, I had an amazing childhood and that is definitely due to my parents. My mom is really, she bought me a pony when I was one for my first birthday. My dad was, you know, like, she, how does she know what she wants? And she was like, trust me, she wants a horse. So it's definitely my mom's influence with horses. So, you know, I was lucky enough to, you know, have that kind of put in my lap in a way, you know, uh, and I ride with my mom. That's kind of our connection. So yeah, my first pony's name was Barney. He Mm -hmm. came with that name actually. uh, Yeah. And I grew up showing, but that takes a lot of time and money and, you know, you have to be really dedicated if you want to be a professional horseback, you know, equestrian. So it's kind of like you do that or music. You have to kind of just do that. And I was where I'm from, you know, we have a pond and a creek that runs through. We call it the Healing Valley Skyfall. So uh, I think you have, I wanted to be involved in a lot of different things, but I was lucky that I had, you know, was able to be involved in 
you know, be an equestrian, but do many other things as well. And you also said that in terms of your musical background, during your childhood, you listened to a lot of Annie Lennox, you listened to a lot of Sade, which by the way, yeah. Sade, I definitely hear a lot of. Oh, that's amazing. You know, like, yeah, I love, that's an amazing compliment. <laughs> Thank you. Sade definitely, I think, you know, they're definitely very nostalgic to me at the same time because I, you know, that's what my mom would play growing up and kind of, I didn't, only a couple of years ago, I really got back into Sade and she is the ability to kind of put you in a vibe and almost a lifestyle and a state of mind which I think is really important to carry she keeps me grounded her music and takes me to a different place and you also I also notice when you sing you have a, a deeper voice than you naturally do yeah. when you speak that's yeah I think I get that a lot like I don't look like I sound do you think yeah. in a way yeah, I get that I don't is my voice pretty high when I talk uh, not very high but yeah. it's definitely it's a little really lower deeper. when when you sing actually when I was listening to it the first two people who I thought of were Amy Winehouse and Adele, but yeah. not necessarily in that order. Right. You know, it's like, like for me, when I listen to your voice, I hear four people in terms of the style you sing, the way you sing, you know, your voice in general. It's Adele, Amy Winehouse, Sade, Eva Cassidy. I love that. that is so amazing that you said Ava Cassidy because I grew up listening to her a lot too and I don't even think of that too. I don't normally get that. No one you're the first person that has said that and that's pretty amazing because she's so underrated. People don't really know her, especially people in our that are our age. Uh, but I actually cover a song called Wade in the Water, which yeah. is you know on Songbird, yeah. Yes. It's the second track off Songbird. But I love that you know yeah, you're really a music person. You're yeah. legit. Uh, I mean Songbird's probably one of my favorite albums. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people do that song. I love her version of that. I've kind of taken, um, yeah, I've kind of stuck to her rendition of the song a little bit. Which is definitely a very chilling rendition. Yeah, it really is. So your first real experience with music and singing, besides listening voice to Sade, to Cassie, to Lennox, was in your grandfather's Methodist church, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so he is a Methodist minister. And, uh, you know, growing up, I I mean, a memory that sticks out to me was the North Jersey Philharmonic Glee Club was like 50 African-American, really deep soul singers that would stand behind me. And I was like this little uh, girl, I was probably seven years old and singing with all these men, you know, uh, Kind of as my backup singers, that was one of my memories. And yeah, uh, and I used to XPN, the radio station right around the corner, yeah. 88.5. Uh, I used to call in and sing on Kids Corner. Uh, and there was, uh, you know, I have a tape still of me calling in to Kathy O'Connor, who hosts Kids Corner, I'm singing the national anthem or something. And it, you know, there's people singing on before me, and then I sang, and she was had this reaction like, oh my God, Hannah, this is, you know, really that kind of set the tone for me to making it like, oh, I think, you know, I can do this. Maybe, you know, she believes in me. And when you're a kid, when someone tells you that, you kind of stick to it. So that was definitely, I loved doing that. I loved calling in and kind of, I think when you're young and you get something in your mind like that, you kind of, I don't know how it happens at first, but here I am. <laughs> Would you say um, your Methodist background in terms of, you know, when you first sang in the church, do you think that influences your style still? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think if there's a lot of people that grew up singing in church and have that kind of soulful background that you get in that kind of style church. Uh, I think, it, you know, from the soul and R&B kind of influence, definitely. Uh, I also, I mean, since I was probably three years old when I started, you know, really singing and everything. Uh, and then in high school, I was in the magical choir, which is the high choir. So we had, you know, singing class every day. Mm-hmm. So that definitely, I didn't really have any professional singing lessons growing up, but I had continuous classes and stuff. And I think it helped shape my voice growing up. Um, in terms of your education, in terms of elementary school, 
middle school, high school. What was your, um, how, how were you as a student? I definitely, my mom and I, I think I would definitely say I'm studious. I get like, I get anxiety if I don't get something done or, you know, I'm not like, I can't not do my work or something. Uh, I'm bad with that. I'm not caring. I definitely care about my schoolwork and that's been, you know, the major focus through school. That's why, you know, it's always, there's never, oh, you're just going to be a singer and not go to college. And, you know, it was always, I went to a Catholic school, Catholic high school growing up. And it was a pre, it was a um, kind of a prep college prep school. So it was serious. You had to, you know, which I think really paid off because it made college coursework a lot easier for me. So I'm thankful for that. But yeah, I am definitely, I like being a student. So why did you choose Drexel? Uh, Well, I really chose Drexel because I am proud to say that I fulfilled the reason why I came to Drexel, which is because I wanted to be able to do the co-ops and I didn't want to be nailed down to one place. I wanted to, Drexel gave me the opportunity to go all these places, study abroad and do internships which I did, I can't even count off my head, like how many internships and everything I've done with the co-ops at a five-year, three co-ops, which I've actually ended up splitting them. Some of the co-ops I've had in half to two at a time. But I chose, yeah, I chose Drexel so I could do all these things and be all these places. So, and everyone has really helped me make that happen here for my advisors and my professors have really, you know, supporting me and been helpful in making that the reason I came here come true. And you're a communications major, remember correctly. Yes, I'm a communications major. So here's something that is sort of bugging me. I mean, mm-hmm. you're a wonderful singer, and you could have easily gone to Westfall and gotten something in the performing arts. Why do something in communication? Uh, <laughs> to be totally honest, I think, I don't think, um, you know, I mean, it's right for some people, for others not, but I just think communication is, can allow you to open up so many more doors than I just feel like I might have been limited Honestly, if I was a music major or something like that, because music and writing, that's my passion and my art. But I think I could help take it to the next level and do it for myself, push my music and stuff by having the communication background. And it's helped me, you know, communication being broad. It's uh, something you can kind of rely on to do different things. I think I'm a diverse person. You know, I like to do a lot of different things. Uh, and as far as career-wise and working, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of different outlets and avenues to go for a communication major. For instance, I worked at Deutsch in LA, which is an advertising agency. Uh, I worked in music. So there's a lot of jobs that you can work in music or, you know, do a lot of things in music by having a communication major. So I think brilliant having a communication degree. So we, I recently found a video that you did during your freshman year for the triangle. You were mm-hmm. talking about also your work as a stylist a little bit and yes. how like David Bowie partially inspired you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Growing up when I was a teenager, my neighbor, her name is Jenny Lopez, stylist. Uh, not to be confused with Jennifer Lopez. Not, uh, not, not with Jennifer. Not to be confused. Uh, yeah, and she's in New York, and she kind of took me under her wing when I was 15 and brought me on shoots, and I assisted her and helped her style from things like Meet Me Marcus. So I got, you know, and that also, yeah, I was beginning of high school, and I got to really be in New York more and kind of have this experience, you know, New York experience when I was really young, you know, and an adult like New York experience, so that was very cool. Yeah, and with fashion inspiration. So yes, I did work for a stylist. But I, you know, that didn't lead me, you know, when we were saying communication major either. I didn't want to major in fashion just because at the same time, I think there's a lot of 
being a communication major, you can still work in fashion as well. So, so in terms of um, your music in general, and I've been listening to, I listen to every single track I can get oh, my hands you. on. There's one thing that I noticed, and you can obviously say I'm wrong because mm-hmm. I probably am. It's very drum heavy, I've noticed. And is it just by any chance because you are related distantly to Gene Krupa, who's probably the greatest drummer of all time? <laughs> like, I'm not brown nosing you. I genuinely oh, believe that. As a, as a fan of Sing Sing Sing, I really do believe that he is the greatest. So I'm there, so impressed by you. You're so. I mean, if, if you know, not a lot of people really know. There's no Buddy Rich. There's no like Keith Moon. There's no John Bonham. There's no Karen Carpenter without Gene Krupa. True For sure. So is it by sheer coincidence that it's very drum heavy? Do you think it's partially inspired by uh, by Gene Krupa? Sure, we could say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, so yeah. yeah. Uh, to be honest, I think. I don't know if anything has been quite right at the same time because like in Local Honey, that music, it was, um, you know, someone else was producing it, which I definitely had influence, but, and then ultimately I have a lot of influence. I like, you know, I'm not someone like when I'm recording with this other guy now, Brendan, I'm the one that I don't like to just say, here's my song. Like I bring a song and I wrote it on acoustic guitar and I wrote the melody and the lyrics and then I'm looking for some production. I don't, I like to sit through every step of the production. I like to point and say, can you do this kind of beat? Can you do this? You know, so it's kind of, I'm right. I'm learning. I want to be able to do production myself. You know, I want to have more say in it more than I, more than just pointing fingers and say, you know, make it sound like this or this, Uh, which I'm getting, I'm doing that more. So I definitely have had influence in the drum heavy, but you know, I never really thought about that. Bring it up. I think I would like my songs that be more sax heavy, actually. Hmm. I think sax is actually the most important part of my songs that I'm making now. And then I love a sax sound. So I like to keep, uh, I actually like a simpler drum beat too at the same time. Yeah, about the Gene Krupa. Yeah, the beat is, which I've noticed actually, because I played, I've done some acoustic stuff or just me, some private gigs that's just me and a guitar. And I notice the drums are very important to keeping, you know, the rhythm, the tempo and everything. And when I don't have my drummer there, I just, I like playing with a full band. I like having drums, guitar, sometimes two guitars, bass, and, you know, one or two saxophone and uh, a trumpet, sometimes keys. But yeah, because I think, you know, I like, my sound needs the full band. I really, some stuff, you know, it sounds good when... It's guitar and it's a different feel, but I like having the a big band kind of sound. Going back all the way, and I know we're jumping from point to mm-hmm. point. I am too. <laughs> like yeah. over one thing to the next. No, it's okay. But going back to the very beginning when you were, you know, singing, you know, in your grandfather's church all the way up to now when you are a full-fledged artist and illusion mayor, local honey. Um, oh my God, um, <laughs> ah, I'm losing my mind here. I could literally do your entire discography just from memory. I love it. But right now, my brain's just Ross sh- Maiden. Ross Maiden. That, that's yes. another one. Oh, Ross God. Maiden at the bottom of the dunes. Yes, and like with, with all of them, like where has the evolution been? Like how, like what defines a Hannah Krupa style? Like how, how has it evolved in your eyes? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think just. My experience is the past, I think it's just finding out who I was, you know, who I am. I've always think I've been, I don't want to sound corny, but my own person kind of, not my, you know, I'm, 
uh, in a way I'm kind of alone or <laughs> not alone. I've you know, amazing people in my life, but I've kind of just, I don't, I've never had like one set friend group or something. And I think being able to be solo and travel around by myself has taught me a lot about who I am and being able to have different experiences and having a lot of different people in my life has influenced who I am and especially and who I am in my music, which is, you know, I don't really have that much music out yet. I have the local honey EP and that was, you know, I was writing it with other people in the band, but my new stuff, which I'm excited to be putting out in the new year, uh, it's, it influences, what was the question? Um, like what influences your style? My like, style, yeah. yeah. So I think all those things, the people in my life influence my style, my experiences, my travels. Um, yeah, I'd say the characters in my life more <laughs> than the people. They're, yeah, definitely characters. Uh, yeah, and just kind of being my own character. Yeah. Being the rest of our maid of the body of jeans. Mm, I think yes. that was a... A definite uh, part of my new music that you're gonna see, you're gonna hear soon and see. So we're gonna do some uh, new music videos and all that stuff, yeah. which I didn't, you know, with the other stuff and kind of what I'm doing now, I couldn't have done two years ago because I didn't know, I didn't have those experiences and I didn't have those people, different people in my life that have brought that have made me who I am. So I think it's which things can only come in time, right? Where do you see your work going in the future? Like in terms of the style, I know it's way difficult to predict what will happen like 10 years down the line, five years down the line, hell, even tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But where do you see your work going in terms of your style? Um, in terms of my style, I think I definitely, you know, I've gotten feedback that I, which I want to make my music sound a little more modern, but at the same time, I love kind of organic, earthy sounds um, and traditional jazz. I don't want to say smooth jazz, but I know I like something that just makes you feel get in the zone. And I like Philly soul music. And uh, I just want to keep I just want to keep putting that into my music. And I just want to get it to it's getting closer and closer of what I really want it to be, which has happened recent, only recently, you know, which was the, was the changing point in this is I just almost recently a year and a half ago really just learned how to play guitar and which just takes discipline and learning guitar. I mean, in the way that I learned chords and I would always, I have about a zillion voice notes on my phone and I would know how to write melody, like I would sing melodies but then I'd sing them to a guitar player and he would work them out. But now I don't have to do that. I own, like I write the melody and the lyrics. And then now how it's working is I just go to this guy that is helping me with some production work, a dear friend. Uh, just a guy. Uh, it helps me bring it to life more. But I think it's my music is just getting closer to what I want it to be because I have more control over it. And I don't have to rely on someone else to be able to write my music and uh, it's getting closer. You know, I think I mentioned before that I didn't know. I've always had influences and I've always had a style. Uh, but I kind of have more of an idea of what I, what I like and what I don't like. So that's with the new music, it's just getting closer. I'm able to be more specific about 
how I want something to sound and communicate that. In your life and through your work, um, if you had to give someone some advice, what would you say has been the secret of your own success? <laughs> My success? I love it. Yeah. Uh, I think just being open uh, and just not being afraid to be al- to go alone because when you, I mean, just what I was talking about with having to rely on someone else and on, on a guitar player, no matter who it is, I think you just need to be open to um, experiences and just step outside of your comfort zone. I think that's where I've, what I've learned the most out. I, you know, sometimes it feels awkward and I question myself. I'm like, why, you know, why am I friends with this person? Or, you know, it's easy to just, you know, I said comfort zone, you know, stay in your comfort zone, but I don't think you learn, you don't grow unless you do so, which, you know, is a typical saying, but it's really true. And you just, I'm the kind of person when I have something in my mind, it's hard to get it out. And I'm kind of, I don't, you know, which is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. But I think uh, just, yeah, really being open. Um, you're only limited by your own imagination. <laughs> I'm always as which I think Scott in our class has uh, asked favorite quotes, but it's really true. I think just not being afraid of being bored. My thanks to Hannah Krupa for taking the time to talk. She is truly one of the most talented individuals I've ever had the chance to talk with. And I know as time goes on, her music will not only get better, it may even become iconic. Want to help in that process? You can find Hannah's work on Apple Music, Spotify, and YouTube. In the meantime, you can follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Last Call Armon. That's Last Call, A-R-M-O-N, no spaces. You can also follow The Triangle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Drexel Triangle for more triangle and tripod content, as well as articles regarding the whole spectrum of Drexel information from news to entertainment. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Last Call on SoundCloud, and Podcasts, and Spotify, and visit our website www.thetriangle.org slash podcast for more Last Call and Tripod content. My thanks to composer Philip Chance for his work on the Last Call theme, as well as the Tripod and Triangle team for their support. I hope everyone has a pleasant week. We hope you join us in answer the call. And until week 10, the bar is closed. To listen to more Tripod Productions, go to thetriangle.org slash podcasts.